Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with the host that was born good-looking and now is on a high-speed collision course with Distinguished. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, reminding you this show is for 18 and over only. Yes, you must be of legal smoking age in order to enjoy the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey, on tonight's show, gonna kick off our summer series. What's a summer series? Well... We did one a couple of years ago, and it's just a group of shows that have basically the same theme. In Pipe Parts, the summer series begins by the history of tobacco, and I'll explain that when we get to it. And this summer series is going to feature tobacconists, tobacco shops and tobacconists that do a lot of custom blending, and we're going to hear about the history of their shops. So my first guest for tonight's, uh, for the summer series for tonight is... John David Cole of the Country Squire in Jackson, Mississippi. We'll have John David on the phone in just a minute. And then uh, mailbag, music, and rant, all that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And if the show sounds a little different to you, well, I'm on location. I am currently in Richmond, Virginia, at the home office getting ready for the IPCPR, yeah, the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Show, prepping for the big trade show. So what all does that mean? Well, we bought a brand new booth because of the brand new company, and we're getting all the samples together and getting all the last-minute details all ironed out for when we hit New Orleans on, uh, I get there July 15th, and I'll be in New Orleans for seven days for the trade show. More information on the trade show, go back and listen to previous episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, let's get this show rolling because it's going to be a lot of fun. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company. And here we go. This is Internet Radio. I'm Jeremy Reeves head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment, so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. 
Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favourite blends outside of the US? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favourite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the US and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. Welcome back. In just a few minutes, John David will be on the phone with me. In the meantime, in pipe parts. All right, let's get into it. So I got an email from uh, listener George, uh, George Edmondson, who did the uh, article on me on uh, Cigar.com. And George asked an interesting question about the tobacco purity laws. Well, I started doing some research. And in the research, I found a website called tobacco.org. Uh, and in poking around on tobacco.org, I found a interesting thing called the tobacco timeline. So what I thought I'd do is just kind of go through it and give you some of the highlights, maybe spread it out over the whole summer so we don't inundate you with all these uh, wonderful details. But basically, uh, tobacco.org, really well researched, really well detailed, and probably a pretty trustworthy source for the actual history of tobacco. Now, to begin with, let's go all the way back. Uh, it says tobacco was found that dates to the Pleistocene era, I hope I pronounced that right, 2.5 million years ago. Uh, paleontologists f- discovered it. It was a, a small block of fossilized tobacco in the Maranon River Basin in northeastern Peru. So, Two and a half million years ago, we had tobacco. Uh, Going forward, it's believed that by uh, 6000 BC, experts believe the tobacco plant as we know it today begins growing in the Americas. And somewhere around 470 to 630 AD, uh, the Mayas begin to spread out and some moving as far as the uh, Mississippi Valley here in in the United States. So the Aztec Empire kind of spreads out and takes the smoking custom, uh, the smoking customs all the way out. Now the first recording of tobacco being smoked was uh, dated back to either 600 or 1000 A.D. and it's in Guatemala. It's a pottery vessel that was found that dates. To 600 to 1000 AD, and on it is a Mayan uh, depicted smoking a roll of tobacco leaves tied with a string. And the Mayan term for that was, uh, for that smoking instrument, was a sicar, S I K A R. So there we have the birth of the common era known cigar. Which of course uh, Columbus discovers, you know, Columbus discovers America. Well, it, it's not like he discovered it. It was sitting here. It was just the first European to get here. But he discovers these certain dried leaves that are given as a gift to him by the natives, and we kind of know the beginning of it. That was, uh, you know, in San Salvador Island, uh, Grand Turk Island. All these natives were smoking this rolled tobacco leaf 
in uh, in later on in uh, 1492, Columbus mentions tobacco as the first time, and he says we found a man in a canoe going from Santa Maria to Fernandia. He had with him some dried leaves, which are in high value among them. Uh, for a quantity of it was brought to me at San Salvador. So that's the first writing that we have. And that would have been uh, the 15th of October, 1492. Now we can fast forward a little bit because there's a lot of the European, uh, a lot of the Europeans that are coming over and exploring the new world are all discovering tobacco. Some of the, uh, by the time we get into the 16th century, they call the 16th century sailors spread the seeds and tobacco starts going all over the place. Uh, in Japan, Dutch and Portuguese trading vessels calling at ports in Nagasaki and Kagoshima introduced tobacco, so we've got that happening in the 1600s. Uh, in uh, 1501, Spain, Rodrigo Perez is persecuted by the Inquisition for smoking, so the Spanish Inquisition was anti-smoking already in 1501 uh in uh, 1518 uh Juan Grijalva observes cigarette smoking by natives so that's the first time we see a smaller piece of uh, tobacco products being smoked uh one of my favorites is uh right here in 1571 in Spain uh, under medicine, Nicholas Monardis writes, uh, the, the, the Seville doctor reports on the latest craze among Spanish doctors, the wonders of the tobacco plant, which herbalists are growing all over Spain. Monardis lists 36 maladies, tobacco cures. So 36 maladies. Uh, in 1575 in Mexico, there was legislation from the Roman Catholic Church passing a law against smoking in any place of worship in the Spanish colonies. Uh, in 1577 in England, uh, Frampton translates Monardus into English. European doctors look for new cures. Tobacco is recommended for toothache, falling fingernails, worms, halitosis, halitosis, which is bad breath, uh, lockjaw and cancer so it goes on to some other interesting stuff but i thought we'll start off with that and as we go through the summer hey we'll get more and more so uh maybe the next time the 17th century all right in just a minute john david cole will be on the phone with me the year was 1849 Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th President of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco, founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. 
take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit sutliff-tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hi, this is Russ Willett, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, and as I said, we're starting our summer series, and it's spending time with a tobacconist. Well, what better tobacconist to have on than who I visited a couple of weeks back, so from the Country Squire in Jackson, Mississippi, welcome John David Cole to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And thank you, Brian. Great to, great to be with you, brother. Yeah, so we had fun a few weeks back, and I didn't get to ask you much, so tell us, where did you grow up, and what got you into pipe smoking? Yeah, man, that's great. Um, yeah, so we're in Jackson, Mississippi, um, and I, I grew up in a little community outside of Jackson called Brandon. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things like, you know, there's not, you know, just a ton of pipe smokers in this part of the world. Uh, and it was when I graduated high school, it was 18, and you know, all my friends were buying cigarettes and uh, a, lot of, a lot of smokeless tobacco in this part of the world, too, so a lot of dip cans and things like that. And I wanted to be the one that, uh, you know, stood out a little bit. So I went to Walgreens and got me a Dr. Grabo and, some of the, uh, you know, cheapest pine straw tobacco I could find, and uh, <laughs> I just wanted to look a little different. So, uh, yeah, that's how I started, and smoked all through college and all through my 20s, and, um, you know, before I kind of got into got into this world. But, uh, yeah, I've been smoking for, for quite a long time now. Now, did you have somebody help you with the packing technique or, you know, how to smoke a pipe, or did you just figure it out on your own and then or go on the internet, or how'd you, how'd you do it? Yeah, you know, when I came along, I, you know, it wasn't the auto reflex to kind of get online like it is now for so many people. We have such great resources now with YouTube videos and, you know, all uh, even podcasts and things like that. But, you know, I, I just kind of had to muddle through it, you know, and figure it out. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're smoking a pipe, it's a miracle if no one's sitting there walking you through it. Uh, if you stick with it, you know, because as you all know, the most pipe smokers um, that try it out, they give up because they can't keep their pipe lit. And, um, yeah, that was my story. So, I, you know, I think for the first couple of years I didn't even own a tamp, you know, and I was just kind of trying to figure it out, uh, mashing my tobacco down with my, you know, knuckle occasionally and getting burned. And uh, my tongue felt like sandpaper and, and all the, the whole nine yards. But, um, yeah, so I, I just kind of had to muddle through, but... As I started, uh, you know, finding some other pipe smokers and uh, going around a few different uh, different shops that were familiar with it, then I could kind of pick up a few tips here and there, and it just kind of organically happened along the way, you know. Was there specifically an aha moment that you can remember when you got it right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think it probably would have been. And it, and it took a while. It probably would have been right there in college when uh, I, 
I was sitting on a, we had this kind of gentleman's group that would get together once a week and, you know, we'd get uh, out back on someone's patio and kind of, you know, smoke cigars, pipes, and drink beer and talk to, try to, try to uh, talk about things of substance, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I remember, you know, kind of during that period really connecting with it again, really like saying, okay, I, I think I've got it in a rhythm enough to where I can do this and it's, uh, you know, it's enjoyable and, and, um, and real, real pleasant. So yeah, it, it took me a little while. Like I think it does a lot of folks, you know, you kind of have to have to experiment a while before you get there. Yeah, it took me six years of almost everyday pipe smoking to absolutely figure out the, the, the loading technique and the type of tobacco. That's exactly right. <laughs> now, how did you, uh, how did you get involved with the country squire? Man, it's such a funny story, you know. I, I've been a pipe smoker since I was 18. And, you know, I, in my mid-20s, like so many people in, in our generation today, uh, you know, you, you don't go work at a bank, work 35 years, get your diamond, you know, pin, and then and then retire. You know, it's uh, you're bouncing from uh, industry to industry. You might have a job here for five months, and then you'll go do something totally different over here. And, you know, it's life is just different now. And so I'd, I'd gone through about six or eight different industries by the time I was, you know, 28, 29, and, um, yeah, I, I, I had always smoked a pipe, you know, and was actually in, in our little shop here, the Country Squire, buying pipe tobacco. I actually went in with my cousin, never forget it, and uh, picked up a couple ounces of Cherokee, which is our kind of one of our best-selling blends there at the shop. And um, I happened to go to the, the proprietor was this uh, sweet, sweet lady. Uh, her name was Gwen Reeves, and she was 89 years old at the time, but um, I, I have to go in there, and I, I went to college with her grandson, and so, you know, there was a little family connection. We started kind of going back and forth a little bit about that, and, um, you know, I, I had mentioned to her, hey, look, I, you know, I'm transitioning again, and kind of, I'm going to go back to grad school, and I, actually, the school I went back to was a, uh, a seminary, and I had planned on going to school to study to be a counselor, a marriage and family therapist, and, um, so I went back to, to seminary. I told her, look, I'm just looking for part-time work. Um, you know, would love love to, to work at a shop like yours. And the daughter happened to be there at the time. And uh, the daughter kind of caught wind of this and uh, called me a couple days later and was like, you know, I, I just had a feeling about it. Uh, you know, people come in here asking for jobs all the time. But I just felt like uh, with Mama getting as old as she is and kind of the nature of the shop that uh, bringing you on board would be the right thing to do. So, um, so anyway, they, they took a chance on me and hired me and, um, yeah, and I, I just started, uh, started learning everything I knew from, uh, from Mrs. Reeves there, uh, 89 year old pipe connoisseur. So <laughs> now, how long has the store been open and you know, did, did it always sell pipes? That's right. Um, yeah, we've been open, this is our 45th year now, so um, we were founded in 1970s. Just one of the you know remaining few kind of old Southern pipe shops that are still there, and um, you know we, we we almost almost sold pipes our entire existence. They they opened it to be a pipe shop, but they named it the Country Squire because they wanted to you know they wanted to have the flexibility if if the pipe industry in Jackson you know uh, wouldn't make it or if the you know shop in Jackson you know would struggle. They would have a name ambiguous enough to where they could, you know, maybe sell different items like maybe some clothing or, 
you know, pins or whatever. So, um, but anyway, so they named it the Country Squire kind of for that reason. And, um, yes, we've been, been here since then. Uh, but Mrs. Reeves, again, that I mentioned earlier, she, uh, hired me. Her and her husband, Jim, started the, the company and then, uh, you know, was joined by their, their daughters, Kim and Kit. And, uh, and when Mrs. Reeves passed away a few years ago, Kim came to me and, you know, basically said, look, I've, you know, we, we've got to keep the shop open and you're the one that was there on a daily basis, kind of working with mama and, you know, know how everything goes, knows the spirit of our shop and all that kind of thing. And, um, and so she, she asked me to run the shop for the family, but, um, yeah, we're, we're a pipe shop, been there 45 years and, um, hope, hopefully we'll make 50 and maybe 50 more. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll stop bouncing around from, uh, industry to industry. That's exactly right. That's it. I, I would I would love to not go sell insurance again. I can promise you that. <laughs> and and I can tell you, anybody that works in a tobacco shop that understands a little bit of counseling is is going to be a much better a much better tobacconist because a lot of guys yeah. go in there for therapy. It, <laughs> you know, it's it's really interesting. We've got a uh, sign on our door at the shop, and it actually says "Free Therapy." There's a little picture of a of a counselor looking man on there and um you know that's kind of our thing like people come to our shop and they're grown grown men typically and these are a lot of folks that would never go see a counselor never go inside of a church never go you know talk to anyone maybe in particular about some of their stuff you know and um man there's something about walking into a pipe shop and lighting up with someone where um people drop their guard and they they will tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs> and, you know, as a, as a person that's been trained a little bit in, in, in counseling and therapy, uh, enough to be dangerous anyway, um, man, I, I use those skills every day. It's kind of funny. I, looking back on it, uh, see how those, you know, those couple of years I had in seminary studying, uh, you know, modern, you know, um, psychology techniques and that kind of thing uh, you know that that wasn't that wasn't a waste you know those things I, I actually get to use every day it's kind of a kind of a cool dovetail it is one of the few places where you can walk in sit down relax and just be you that's right so let, let's talk about the tobacco because you are a pipe shop and you happen to sell some cigars but you've got one heck of a selection of custom blended tobaccos uh, do some of these go all the way back to the shop's opening 45 years ago? Yeah, they sure do. And that that's really cool. Um, you know, people come in, and a lot of these folks, you know, they're like my parents' age nowadays, maybe, you know, 65 years old. And they'll walk in and, you know, uh, haven't been in in, you know, 35, 40 years. And they'll say something like, do you still have Saratoga or do you still have Cornishman or uh, Tidewater or Cherokee or one of these blends, you know, that we've been making forever. And, um, and yeah, we still have it. The recipes haven't changed and, um, and they're still there. So, um, yeah, the, that's kind of been a hallmark of ours, you know, as the industry's changed, uh, you know, pipe shops like ours used to, used to be more common. Um, and again, like you mentioned, we do sell cigars, but, um, you know, so many people in the tobacco industry during the cigar boom and, and whatnot had to, had to really pivot heavily towards, towards cigars uh, just to make it, you know, just to eat. And, and for whatever reason, we, you know, we have cigars, but have just always primarily been, number one, a, a, a pipe shop. So our focus has always been on hand-blended tobaccos, 
um, you know, coming up with new things, experimenting constantly. And, um, but yeah, some of those recipes go back to, go back to day one. Wow. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to get into specifics of, uh, pipe tobaccos and, uh, we'll spend more time with John David. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achille Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for cupofjoes.com. Cupofjoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Cupofjoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cupofjoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook. Cupofjoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. This is Internet Radio. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and visiting with John David. So you're, the store has got a, I mean, it, it's a fairly good-sized tobacco bar of custom-blended stuff. Plus, you do, you'll blend something specifically for a customer? Yeah, we do quite a bit of that, actually. That's, that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, one of the highlights of my job is kind of when the shop is quiet and, uh, you know, at nighttime, I'll turn the front lights off and that kind of thing and lock the door and start uh, just fooling around back there at the tobacco bar and throwing some different leaves together just to kind of see what happens. But um, a lot of times you'll have those customers that come in and, you know, they they want their own thing, you know. And, and pipe smokers are very, um, you know, I, I can think of myself here, like we love a sense of uh, place and nostalgia and history and, and all that and, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll find a person that, man, I just wish this tobacco had a little more of this in it. And, um, I, you know, I, and I think I've got a name I'd like to call it, too. <laughs> <laughs> and so we like to work with people on, on that type of thing. Uh, yeah, we, we try to do a lot of custom blending. It's a lot of fun. Have you ever had any really strange requests from a customer about a taste or a style that they're looking for? Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm trying to think. I think one of the one of the strangest things that ever happened to me, and I guess this is, uh, it kind of kind of goes along with your question, but uh, this lady came in and she, uh, you know, was wanting something kind of salty. And I was like, okay, well, salty, that that's fascinating. Let's talk about that. And so we kind of uh, discussed maybe some of the things she was had in mind. I was thinking, so are you thinking like Perique or Virginia's? And she was like, I don't know. And then... <laughs> She uh, she actually asked me to pull a jar down from the from the counter, and I, I can't remember what tobacco it was. It might have been Lancaster, which was one of our uh, caramel blends. But um, she 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 smelled it, and her eyes kind of lit up. And then 
she she reached into the jar and pulled out a plug of tobacco, looked at it, and then put it in her mouth. <laughs> and uh, and immediately just started chewing the tobacco. And she said, you know what? That's it. That's the one I want right there. <laughs> so I weighed her up a couple ounces of it, and uh, and, and that was that. So uh, that, that's probably the strangest request I've had uh, for, you know, kind of a custom blend, I guess, that worked out to, to be something and God knows what she wound up doing with that, but <laughs> it was uh, it was something. But yeah, you'll have folks that you know come in and say, you know, I, I really want to want an aromatic tobacco, and then you start kind of mixing stuff with them and going over some options, and maybe letting them smell a few things to kind of give them an idea of you know to go in this direction or this direction. And then before you know it, uh, they come out with a Balkan blend, <laughs> you know, or a blend that's uh, you know really. Uh, high perique content or something like that, and uh, so it's a lot of fun. You see people's, uh, you know, kind of imaginations move through the spectrum as they're exper- experimenting. And so, like with with all these customers' private blends, do you have the recipes all written down, and do you pre-mix them for them, or do you make them as they come in? Uh, how does that work? Yeah, a lot of folks. Uh, we, we do. We have a. a, a private kind of recipe box and if it ever gets lost or burns i'm just going to padlock the door because it's, <laughs> <laughs> at that point our at that point our shop will have no more purpose but um some a lot of the recipes i know by heart you know because people just come in every week or uh you know every month or something like that and they order so much but um but yeah we do we do collect them and a lot of times when folks are on their way to come pick up their private blend they'll kind of call ahead and say you know hey john david it's uh you know, Chris, uh, give me give me a pound and a half of my private blend, and I'll have it ready for them when they when they get there. But another thing we do too, though, which has been a lot of fun, is because we encourage so many people to experiment with their private blends, um, we will feature monthly a private blend of the month. And so we put this out there, and uh, you know, we put we mix up a good batch of it, put it on the counter, and people can actually try it and buy it throughout that month. And what we've hmm. seen is that. You know, over the years, a lot of those private blends actually turn into some of our house blends because they're that they're that popular. So, um, so it's kind of fun. You know, people kind of get to see, uh, put their stuff out there and see. You know, oh man, did, was would, would the world like this? You know, I, I was talking to a good friend of ours the other day and uh, actually sent his private blend to New Jersey, all the way from uh, Mississippi, and you know that made him really happy that his uh, his tobacco went out of state. So it was pretty cool. It's also one way for, uh, I guess, for from my point of view, for product development because you got your customers Absolutely. doing the work for you. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, I, one of the funniest stories is um, I go to this little Anglican church here in Jackson, and uh, the priest at our church, Father Keith Allen, he uh, was kind of monkeying around with some tobaccos and wanted wanted to create something that his wife would let him, you know, smoke around her and in the house and things like that. And so um, we kind of kind of put some stuff together. He wound up really liking it. That was actually another event where he kind of went into it thinking he wanted something that was real smoky, and then he came out with kind of a fruity flavor. So it's just <laughs> it's just <laughs> random. But, um, you know, once we got that done, we, we uh, you know, let some other folks try it, and uh, they liked it, and so we... We called it a Parsons blend, obviously, for the, the Parson. And um, it's funny because since then, uh, not only is it one of our best-selling tobaccos, but, you know, these pastors from all over the country have gotten a hold of Parsons blend, and that's they've kind of adopted that. And so 
Um, I, I had uh, several Presbyterians uh, not too long ago. They ordered a big batch of it from me, and they took it to their general convention or something. Uh, I, I can just kind of in my mind see all these pastors kind of sitting around talking about, you know, whatever they talk about, smoking Parsons blend, you know. And, uh, <laughs> my, my most proud moments with that tobacco are when uh, I get an order, and I'm actually, uh, the shipping address for the order is actually the church itself. That's always a lot of fun. So, <laughs> But that, that happens more often than you might think. Uh, there is a lot of uh, clergymen that enjoy uh, relaxing with a pipe. That's right. That's right. All right, let, let's go through your, I mean, you've, you've got on the website, which the website is thecountrysquireonline.com. Uh, you've got to, the That's tobaccos right. broken down into aromatic, non-aromatic, and you know, it's easy to go through and pick out what you like. And but out of the on the aromatics, if I if I like an aromatic or two, which ones would you suggest I start off with? What are your best? What are your better sellers? Yeah, I'd point you. Um, <clears throat> I'd point you in a couple directions. Um, Rivendell. Uh, and, and Cherokee and, and Parsons Blend actually are, are all really good. Uh, Rivendell, as you probably are aware, we've got a lot of Tolkien fans in the pipe universe right now. And uh, just, you know, we the, the pipe industry is, is very thankful for Peter Jackson but, uh, <laughs> um, and, and his Hobbit movies. But, um, yeah, we have, it, we have a whole series of tobaccos called, uh, you know, kind of based on some of the Middle Earth lore. And uh, Rivendell is, is one of my personal favorites. It's got a real nice... Uh, nutty, uh, almost cocoa flavor. It's real woodsy. It's kind of kind of nice. I might compare it to like a maybe a sweeter, a sweeter Virginia Woods maybe. Um, but it's really nice. I kind of maybe point you in that direction. Uh, Cherokee is our bestseller. Uh, we've sold that for years and years, and it's a, a variety of Virginias and then a Black Cavendish uh, mixture. And it's one of those tobaccos that we sell so much of it because. You can smoke it and just never get sick of it. <laughs> and so, a lot of our customers that buy Cherokee are those folks that um, you know just constantly have their pipe in their mouth, um, which is nice. If you like something sweeter uh, than those two, you could go with uh, Blue Ribbon, which is my summertime personal favorite. I smoke so much Blue Ribbon in the summertime, and that's a that's a real nice berry flavored tobacco, and um, it's sweet, but it's not. It's not gunky sweet, so it's uh, it's very kind to your pipe. And if I were a uh, non-aromatic fan, which I'm, <laughs> I'm not a Latakia guy, but uh, <laughs> where would you direct us? You're you're a man after my own heart. It's mm-hmm. funny. I um I kind of I, I smoke Latakia occasionally, but it's uh I don't know. It, sometimes I have to hold my nose. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I only do it if um, I'm forced. <laughs> If you're forced to, that's exactly right. Sometimes you got to take your medicine, you know. But that's—I'm uh, sure people will be tuning out right about now. <laughs> um, yeah, love uh, love non aromatics and, and mostly smoke uh, personally Virginias and, and Virginia Periques. Uh, one of the tobaccos that we redeveloped in recent years has been Pirates Alley, and I would I would really point folks to that. That's I'm very proud of Pirates Alley. We worked really hard on it. We had a had a tobacco recipe for years called Pirate's Alley, uh, which is actually named after a section of New Orleans. And uh, this was a tobacco that was real, real heavy parique. But uh, it was one of those that, you know, just kind of a New Orleans, obviously, you think of parique and, uh, you know, 
strong drink and all this kind of stuff. So we had a very robust uh, Perique, uh Burley Virginia blend. And, um, we kind of retired that for a number of reasons, but then brought it back. And uh, after I worked on it for, for several months, it was a lot of fun to, to re-debut that. So uh, I'd point people to that for sure. It's got a nice strength to it. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you puff it uh, in the morning time, it'll kind of wake you up and make your heart thump a little bit. Yay! Um, <laughs> Which is which is which is what I prefer typically. Um, if you like uh, Latakia blends, there's a couple couple routes I might point you toward. Um, the Bowser's Castle is actually a newer blend of ours, and and again we worked really hard on that one. That was another um, blend that was named uh, and made for a customer of ours. And uh, this this guy, he's actually a 22 year old guy in our shop, and uh, comes around just about every day. And his name is. I kid you not, Briar Bowser. <laughs> wow. And um, this this guy came out of the womb smoking a pipe. So <laughs> and and playing and playing video games for that matter. But, I was, uh, was going to say he's anyway. probably the only pipe smoking Mario Kart uh, character I would ever imagine. No, absolutely yes, and and, and both of those things are, are true. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's a, he's just a great a great guy, great friend, real good friend of the shop. And um, this is a guy that you know if he could. If he could buy Latakia flavored brownies, you know, he would eat them. <laughs> so it's uh, he's, he's a big fan. But we we upped on the Latakia real heavy. Threw some Orientals in there and um, several different types of Virginia. Uh, just had a lot of fun with that. We named the we named the tobacco for him. And we named it Bowser's Castle. Uh, it's a real nice, real nice Latakia blend. Um, another one too that has been a lot of fun to see develop is. Um, another one of our Tolkien related blends, and we we actually called it Back End for uh, uh, you know kind of the Frodo's home there in the Shire. And uh, Back End is a real nice, you might call it like a Scottish mixture. It's got some Latakia, but it's definitely in the background, and uh, you know some of those uh, some of those Oriental leaves kind of come out. It's really nice. So it's uh, it's one of those. It's kind of like a kind of like a MacBaron tobacco. You know, it's it, it tastes great. But you have to sip it a certain way, or otherwise it'll um, it'll it'll tear you up. You know, I always tell people if you could smoke a tobacco like that without getting some bite and pick out all the flavors, you'd have learned how to smoke a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a southern woman. If not treated absolutely correctly, she will kick you. But that's <laughs> exactly right. Don't turn your back on her. <laughs> Now, in addition to the custom-blended tobaccos, you've got a full assortment of pipes. Uh, do you guys also carry tin tobaccos? We sure do. We sure do. We um, we use a lot of the same companies uh, that we get our blending ingredients from for, for tin stuff. So, uh, you know, we are big fans of uh, McClellan, uh, Cornell & Deal, uh, Sutliff, use a lot of Sutliff, uh, Mac Barron. Um, you know, just a variety of those folks. So we, we try to keep a good stock of those in there. Um, and, you know, the, the local favorites kind of have the, the ones that they uh, they always pull for. If I, you know, if I ever run out of, like, Orlick Golden Slice or Frogmorton Cellar or, uh, you know, uh, McClelland uh, Oriental Number no. 8, um, it's a bad day. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, we've, we've got those and, and love them. And some of those tins have, uh, you know, been been around our shop for a really long time. Now, let's talk about the uh, the the beginning of Country Squire Radio. 
Uh, how did it start? Why did it start? What was the idea? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, Bo and I were just kind of messing around one day. and um, Bo, uh, Bo is married to... Uh, Bo, of course, is my co-host for Country Squire Radio. And um, he has the fortunate, uh, fortunate event in his life of marrying someone a lot more capable than he is. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so his wife is a really, uh, just a really, uh, really intelligent uh, pharmacist and uh, very good at what she does. And so, um, you know, when when Bo and his wife had a had a child, uh, you know, he was kind of thinking, okay, well, I, I might stay at home and let her work. <laughs> and um, Bo, being the you know just go getter that he is, and uh, is he's extremely intelligent and all that, he was like, you know what, I'm gonna start doing some podcasts, and maybe this will kind of turn into something fun and you know we can kind of start our own business maybe i'll make several podcasts you know and so he started looking for people in his life that um you know just had kind of interesting backgrounds and uh you know knew a lot about random stuff or whatever and bo and i are really good friends we um have been close for quite a while now and uh you know i see bo once a week he's always over at my house drinking whiskey whiskey with me on the porch and you know smoking a pipe or something like that and so when he was floating this idea, he was like, man, what, what do you think about doing a uh, weekly podcast on pipe smoking, you know? And, uh, you know, so of course I was immediately against it. <laughs> um, just because that, I, I thought it was kind of a far-fetched idea, but um, I was like, man, what the heck? You know, we'll uh, try it out and just see, you know, it'll be a fun thing and, um, you know, see if we can meet some people out there and, you know, do a few different things, and it worked out great. I mean, the, you know, the first few episodes, if you listen to Country Squire Radio, are extremely rough, but <laughs> somewhere somewhere after a few months, we kind of got our stride, and um, yeah, it's just, you know, that's that's kind of how it started. We have really uh, tried to make Country Squire Radio a very inviting kind of kind of entry point for, you know, people that want to know more about pipes, want to know more about tobacco but also the pipe culture and the the mystique of it and the history behind it um and, and, and really the idea as the show has developed is has been to bring the spirit of our little pipe shop to the world um our, our pipe shop is so unique in that you know 40 percent of our customers are either pastors or therapists or professors uh, you know someone someone in a very thoughtful kind of line of line of work and so um, you know, we just we just try to bring some of that to the to the internet, and um, it's been a blast. We've made friends all over the world. Country Squire Radio is available on iTunes, or you can find a link on the Country Squire online. Uh, one of the you know, I I love the I love, and I'm sometimes jealous of the fact that the two of you get to get together once a week, do your show, you do the live version, and then you do the the podcast version, and then occasionally you have guests on, like you you had a guest on yesterday, too. That's right. That's right. We, uh, we're really fortunate to have our friend Danny Vasquez from uh, Bird and Bear uh, Pipes in Ames, Iowa, uh, come on, and uh, just had a really great time with him. We're uh, really pleased to have him, have him on. Danny, if you're not familiar with Bird and Bear, is just such a such a talented guy, and one of those one of those people that you know, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of person that you're excited to see in the pipe world because he's just a good person. Um, you know, I, I was speaking with you earlier 
Brian, uh, when we were off air, you know, I, I would not be in the in the pipe industry if it weren't for pipe smokers. I love pipe smokers. They're so interesting to me, and they're so much fun. And um, you know that that human element is so powerful. And uh, man, Danny is just is just all of that. And uh, if you haven't haven't seen or heard much about him, go check his website out. And, uh, and he, he makes some beautiful stuff, and, and also some leather goods and some other odds and ends too. But um, yeah, so check it out. But uh, anyway, that that was a, that was a lot of a lot of fun to have him on. Yeah, and occasionally you get some goofy son of a gun talking about all the Mickey Mouse stuff. But um, I know, like Disney, and you know, like, yeah. <laughs> All right, we will wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm terrified, man, but bring it. What's your favorite pipe? Savinelli Bing's favorite. What is your favorite tobacco? Orlick Golden Slice. And what's your favorite drink? Uh, scotch. Specifically, Talisker 10-year-old. <laughs> and and you'll accept gifts at the. St- I'm no, I'm kidding. Um, when, <laughs> when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Definitely a book. And the last question, and probably the hardest one: any particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory? Hmm, that one is very difficult. Um, you know. I think it was when I was like, I had a pipe uh, with the customer at our shop, and uh, this is a guy that actually uh, had served our country in Vietnam. And, you know, it's one of those things we, like we discussed earlier, kind of people will tell you whatever you want to know when you light up a pipe with them. And this guy, he started lighting his pipe up, and he was really, really kind of quiet and clammed up a little bit. But as we started processing and kind of, you know, getting into the rhythm of smoking a pipe and going through the, the ritual that, that is our hobby. Um, he just started opening up and I, I had the sense that this guy that had, you know, kept all this, uh, internal stuff inside for years, uh, just kind of clammed up and, um, and, and not, you know, hidden from the world. He started talking about some of his experience in Vietnam. And I, we sat there and had a bona fide counseling session. It was amazing. And, uh, yeah, I was just honored by him. I was honored that, you know, he would uh, let his guard down enough around me to, to share some of his, uh, you know, memories with me and work through some of that stuff. And um, I don't know. I hope it, I hope it blessed him. But uh, anyway, I'd, I'd probably have to put that one at the top. John David, look forward to seeing you. Uh, I'll be in the shop before New Orleans, and then we'll be hanging out in New Orleans at the at the pipe show. Yes, sir. I can't wait, man. Thank you very much for joining us. Check out the Country Squire online, the store, and the Country Squire radio. Thanks, Brian. Great great to be on, man. We'll be back in just a minute. It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection, from the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds, 
to the other empty one, waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco, aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit. As the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep, rich burleys with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth, you smile. Casting your first line into the water, the slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple yet unmatchable pleasures of the Great Outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sutliff, America's oldest tobacco company, and is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by purchasing a tin today. There's nothing quite like a good book or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi for marketingpipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you. Welcome back to the mobile studio. Uh, Make sure and check out John David Cole on uh, Country Squire Radio. Hey, while you're uh, while you're checking them out, look on iTunes. Looks like iTunes has changed the way they list shows. Looks like they only show the last uh, the last twenty episodes available. And then if you click subscribe, then you get access to all the shows. So make sure if you're listening on iTunes, click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a rating or a review. We would appreciate that. All right. So for music tonight, we're going back. Another suggestion from George, uh, and this is an old blues guy that I had actually never heard of. His name is Kokomo Arnold, and the name of this song is Try Some of That. And this is going way back. We're talking like 1930s, 1940s. So here's uh, Kokomo. Sell cookers, serve them night and day. First thing in the morning, going down that way. Gonna try some of that. Gonna try some of that. Soon I get some money. Gonna try some of that. She don't care who you are, where you may come from. She'll stop you on the street, try to sell you some. Better try some of that. Better try some of that. Soon you get some money. Better try some of that. She ain't so good looking. Don't look so swell. 
What puts her over is the stuff she sells. Better try some of that. Better try some of that. Soon you get some money. Better try some of that. Give up play. That stuff, boy, is just okay. Better try some of that. Better try some of that. Soon you get some money. Better try some of that. Sophronia Brown's her name. She's big and stout. Just a little of that stuff will knock you out. Better try some of that. Better try some of that. Soon you get some money. Better try some of that. If you try it once, you'll try it twice, and you'll go back, cause it's so nice. Better try some of that. Better try some of that. Soon you get some money. Better try some of that. There's good stuff, bad stuff all over town. Ain't no stuff like Sophronia Browns. Better try some of that. Better try some of that. Soon you get some money. Better try some of that. Kokomo Arnold, born in 1901, passed away in 1968, and and a pipe smoker. So do a search for Kokomo Arnold. I'm sure you'll enjoy a bunch of his music. I sure did. You got mail. You got mail. You got mail. In the mailbag, let's go back to one that I missed from last week where Pat, or P. Russ, writes in regards to James Gilliam. Uh, what a truly enjoyable interview. I have a number of friends who have purchased pipes from James, and their reviews are very positive. I have to admit that I'm not a big fan of rusticated pipes, but I do like seeing carvers who choose to rusticate doing so in an appreciable style. James's pipes are easy to spot. His speckled and rouge finishes are well done and unique. Thanks for taking the time to bring James to our attention, Pat. You are very welcome, Pat. And uh, going back to last week's show, John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian. Summer, fall, winter, spring makes no difference. I stick to my Virginias. It sounds like you had a great time in Kansas City, but I had a great time in Silver Springs, Maryland, visiting my little granddaughter. Of course, you have mentioned mother folk before. I have not met Nathan or Bobby. I see well they I see they will be coming to Pittsburgh. Be sure to visit the Allegheny Smokeworks while in town if you can make it. Uh, if you can make it, the Pittsburgh Pipe Club meets the second Saturday of the month at Allegheny Smokeworks, 10 to 12 a.m. Music tune for me was a nice selection. Rant, excuse me, but barbecue is barbecue. That's a Pittsburgh guy. Uh, nice show. 
And then Dino writes, Hi, Brian. Always enjoy the conversations you have with the stars on Guest Star Day. Those mother folkers were a lot of fun, and their music is terrific. As John says, the seasons don't affect my tobacco choices. I've got tins open and concoctions brewing all over the place. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a laboratory more than a house. But uh, then he says that there's rarely rhyme or reason to what I decide to stuff in my pipe of the day, least of all the weather. Uh, it's not like we Americans invented barbecue. One wonders what was that tangy rub Gronk in Cave Number Three used on his wildebeest cue. <laughs> Uh, food is food. It's either good or it's bad. Till Tuesday, Dino. Thank you, Dino. Yeah, I guess it's either good or bad, isn't it? Uh, James Hargre- Hargraves writes, uh, Thanks for the friendship. Love listening to the Pipe Magazine radio show. Keep up the good work. I listen mostly at work. I'm a window cleaner in Lancashire, England. Uh, your show keeps me company. I'm working my way back through your archive podcast. Thanks for the great show. I've learned so much. You are very welcome, James. I hope, are you one of those high window, I mean, hanging on the side of a building window cleaners? Because I hope I don't say anything jarring to you. All right. Make sure and tell your friends about the Pipes Magazine radio show. Share it with everybody. Uh, leave us ratings or reviews. Hey, follow the uh, Pipes Magazine radio show. Like it on Facebook. Every once in a while, we put a little extra up there. You never know what you might see. All right, in just a minute, rant time. This is Internet Radio. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. Don't try to fool us. We know something is getting you down. The world the job, your wife, the rotten kids. What you need is a break that is guaranteed to boost your spirits. And the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas provides that break every year. Get off the plane. Look at those garish neon lights on Las Vegas Boulevard and start smiling. Then, come to the Palace Station Hotel for a two-day, non-stop, spirit-lifting immersion in your favorite hobby. Pipes. Nothing but pipes. Smoke on the showroom floor. Gamble. Or gamble with those great friends you see all too infrequently. When you get home, only a little bit poorer. And why shouldn't the kids go to the local JC instead of being spoiled by that expensive university? You will be so much happier to see the wife and the kids. 
Unfortunately, we can't help with the job situation. November 6th and 7th, 2015, Las Vegas, Nevada. Cowboy. Cowboy. This weekend here in the United States, we will celebrate Independence Day on July 4th. Yeah, that's the day that we signed the Declaration of Independence and said that we will no longer be subjects of King George. Well, a lot of us like to celebrate Independence Day with fireworks, and a lot of us will go out and go across county lines or across state lines to buy fireworks in places where they're legal, bring them back to our homes, and then set them off. And every year we hear of people getting hurt, houses burning down, and other accidents happening because of these fireworks. So I would like to suggest to all of you, in less of a rant and more of a uh, public service warning, hey, leave the fireworks to the professionals. Go find a place where they're putting on a fireworks display for the night. Go over there, enjoy that. Let the professionals handle the fireworks. And if you're going to stay at home, hey, maybe just listen to episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show for this July 4th long weekend. Yeah, but just make sure, don't, let's not get hurt with sparklers or anything. I mean, a, a sparkler might burn your pipe anyway if you tried to use it to light it with. But just take it easy, be safe and sane out there on the 4th of July, Independence Day, or as my British friends refer to it as Thanksgiving Day for them. Uh, but anyway, just be safe, be sane. Let's hope that the only smoke that you have is coming out of your bowl over this long weekend and you get to sit back and relax and enjoy a uh, pleasant summer's weekend. All right, remember, fresh, brand new episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show are posted every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's when we do the show. Then they're available afterwards on iTunes, iPod, uh, Podkicker, all those other podcast ways to do it. Got any comments or questions, post them on uh, the forums at PipesMagazine.com. Hey, while you're there in the forums, check out Dan Coomer, Casey Ghost, all the pictures that he posted of uh, the Kansas City Pipe Show. Lots of good shots, including a decent shot of me, but check that out. If you got extra time, make sure and read all those articles on the front of PipesMagazine.com. I want to thank John David for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. Wishing you a safe, happy, and sane 4th of July weekend. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Till we meet again.
I want the people to know that they still have two out of three branches of the government working for them, and that ain't bad.